Hey y'all, Alex Barinka here, head of external affairs at Verishop and host of Finding Inspo, the podcast that brings you a heaping helping of inspiration with a side of style. And let me tell y'all, my guest today brings it in the Inspo department. Indy Lee is founder and CEO of the skincare line by the same name, Indy Lee. She was doing clean beauty before it was cool, formulating effective skincare products that are not only packed with natural non-toxic ingredients, but are also exceptionally chic. I sat down with Indy in her offices in Portchester, New York, a lush green suburb about an hour's train ride north of New York City. She told me how she looked death in the face and said, not today. It was an experience that went on to inspire her company, but that's not her whole story. Indy's career started far from the gardens where her skincare business was born. I went to school for accounting. Okay. So I graduated with a degree in accounting, became a CPA, worked for one of the big four. Mm -hmm. I think back then it was the big eight, Ernst & Young, and then left after I got my CPA certification and went to work for HBO in their international finance division. And I was manager in the international finance division for probably six or seven years. It was an incredible experience. I got to travel all over the world for them, put them in Central Europe, Latin America, the Pacific Rim. It's such an incredibly young age mm-hmm. in my career to be able to be exposed to things like that. It was just an opportunity that I don't think many people have. When you do look at the skill set you built when you're working with HBO, are there certain things that you have taken away and, and applied now at, at your company, Indy Lee? It's a right brain, left brain kind of difference, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but there must be things that you learned. Absolutely. Accounting is accounting. I mean, that, that's pretty consistent. The, de- <laughs> the debits and credits have to equal. So a balance sheet is still a balance sheet. p and is still a P&L. And so that skill set of understanding business and how to look at a set of financials absolutely helped when I decided to start in delay to understand return on investment, understand that you have, you know, cash flow, what you need to have in order to build a business, um, cost of goods. Those were things that were very familiar to me and didn't make it so scary. The, the starting the business and starting a corporation, that was not difficult. It was, I was very new to the beauty business. That was what was unbeknownst to me. And certainly mm-hmm. not in the creativity in terms of formulation. That was all new. And so you're at HBO, you're working in the international finance um, division, and eventually you left, you, you quit. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. What led up to that decision? So I worked in the international division. Then I had my son, and, and traveling internationally wasn't exactly something that was <laughs> appealing to me. And I need to move into the domestic side. I was so lucky that they allowed me that opportunity to go and work domestically for them. Um, it was just a different floor, but got involved in the revenue reporting group, so which is one of the largest groups there in terms of finance, being the size of HBO, which was wonderful. But that creativity in terms of, if you could call it accounting creative, <laughs> but the international side was really what was appealing to me. And I just, I wasn't enjoying it as much. I realized this is not what I really love to do. And the organization was changing so much. And I said, you know, this, I was starting to have those Sundays where I didn't want to go to work, mm-hmm. uh, but I loved the career development of mm-hmm. my team, etc. And so I went into recruiting career development. I mm-hmm. left HBO, which was really hard because I kind of grew up there after mm-hmm. eight years and did some recruiting and career development and coaching. And then a friend of mine was starting a school, uh, a business about Starting school gardens Mm -hmm. here in Westchester County. I love to garden. I have green fingers, toes, nose, the whole thing. (laughs) I love to garden. And I said, let me help you with this business. 
I will run your greenhouse. And he said, well, we don't really have a greenhouse or a nursery. I said, I know. Let me do that. So I built a 750 square foot greenhouse in my backyard. By the way, it has a chandelier in it. <laughs> so I, you know, go big, go home type yeah. of thing. And I was doing that. I was helping to bring school gardens to life and teaching that farm to table movement to children, which was really inspirational to me and to have that conversation and that con- connection and for them to get their hands dirty mm-hmm. and understand stewardship of the earth and sustainability. So I got very involved with that. What happened was one day in the office turned to two days in the office. And mm-hmm. before I knew it, I was really finance yep. and was really working in the office and other people were in my greenhouse. I said, you fall back on those things, right? You're comfortable. You do. And I was like, I don't, I don't like this. Uh I don't want to do this. So I said, you know, this isn't working. I'll help provide the plants for you, but I'm going to just work in the greenhouse. And I started to grow microgreens Mm -hmm. and edible flowers. And I was selling those to some of the local restaurants and Whole Foods. And then in June of 2008, I couldn't open and close my hands. And I couldn't put my shoes on my feet Mm -hmm. and couldn't lace them up. And I thought I might have Lyme disease and I was diagnosed with rheumatoid arthritis. I was no longer able to work in the greenhouse or the farm that I had put in my backyard. So I was really at a crossroads. Mm -hmm. Like, what am I going to do? I built this thing that I wanted to do. Because even from a, you know, obviously it's a health issue and and that's a problem in itself, but, you know, quitting a job that you're comfortable in is really scary and you Mm -hmm. found this passion project and then now to not be able to to do it, that seems like that's a whole nother level of mental hurdle that you have to get through aside from a new diagnosis. Absolutely, absolutely. It was, as someone who's a type A personality, Mm -hmm. working, going, you know, Ernst & Young, HBO, then going to the career co- you know, coaching and recruiting. That's a big change. That was a huge risk, and I was very risk-adverse. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then to have this where, I mean, I thought I had my plan. I mean, I'm a yep. planner. Yep. How is this happening? It was, tr- it was really questioning my sense of self, mm-hmm. which was, uh, you know, you kind of had this identity crisis. And then as that, exactly as you said, and then you're like, wait, I'm, I'm sick too. What's mm-hmm. going on here? And I always believe the universe kind of sends you signs. So my sister says she's pregnant and I have all these ingredients. And I knew about the toxic load. I understood it because I was getting very involved with the slow food movement. Mm-hmm. I knew about what you're putting on your body and what you're putting in your body. But I was very concentrated on what you're putting in your body. But there I was unable to work on what I was planning to do. My sister says she's pregnant. I had all this lavender, all this calendula. I said, oh my gosh, I don't want anything toxic going on my nephew's tush. I'm going to make some products. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So type A personality (laughs) goes and learns how to use Photoshop Uh and makes labels and buys a label printer and then starts, you know, learning how to do DIY salves Mm -hmm. and, and, you know, baby oils. And I created this little line just for her. And made little mini ones to give out at the baby shower. And everyone says to me, oh my gosh, this is what you should do. You have to realize, 2008, the clean beauty space was really not there. Mm-hmm. It was exactly what we thought it was very um, farm, farmer's market, crunchy granola, mm-hmm. etc. That's not who I am. It wasn't for everyone. It wasn't for yeah. everyone, no. And it was, certainly wasn't available unless mm-hmm. you were going to the farmer's market. So I said, okay, I'm going you know, to go ahead and do this. But everyone said... This is what you do for a living. I'm like, I don't know if this is what I want to do for a living. <laughs> and my mom's like, oh my gosh, she's going to make a, an industry of baby products. I, said, I, don't, I don't really think that's what I want to do. I don't know what it is. And then the universe decided to send me a different sign. 
and I started to notice that I was losing my vision out of my left eye. I said, you know, this is really strange. Mm -hmm. I had just been diagnosed with rheumatoid arthritis. Mm -hmm. I'd been on chemotherapy drugs for it to help with the Mm flare-ups, and now I'm losing my vision? What's going on? And it was November 4th, 2008. I can remember it like it was yesterday. And I go to the doctor and I, you know, he said, okay, well, we need to send you in for an MRI. I said, okay, let me see what works for me. He said, now, now works. And I went off to radiology. 45 minutes after he called me and said, could you come in? I said, sure. Tell me what's up. He's like, well, I'll tell you when you get here. I was like, no, now I'm going to go Google things. And that's not going to. That's the type A again. Oh yeah. Right. Of course. And you know, the dark rabbit hole you can go down on WebMD. And he said, okay, well, as long as you promise, I'll tell you. I'm like, let's go. He said, you have a brain tumor. He said, I'll see you in 15 minutes. I didn't call anyone. I got in my car and started driving. And it was in that 15-minute drive, that's all it was, that my life changed dramatically. I realized that... Um, Something powerful is going to come out of this. I knew it. If I would step back and allow this and just take this as a journey and embrace life and see what's happening. I didn't feel like, oh my gosh, I'm dying. I just said, okay, there's a lesson. There's something. I also realized that I was a planner. Where I didn't realize I knew I was, but I had to be <laughs> self-reflective enough to be honest with myself and said, oh my gosh. I'm a planner. I've been sitting here for the past 37 years planning my life away. I had forgotten to live it. I was literally a passenger in my own life. And it was a great life. I don't want you to think like I, but I wasn't an active participant. I wasn't Mm -hmm. living vibrantly. And I said, okay, here's the lesson. For whatever time I have left, I'm going to live every day with what I now call the three P's, Mm -hmm. with passion, purpose, and every day be present to the potential. And it takes such a level of, of I think, emotional, uh, perhaps maturity is the right word, to embrace that moment like that and mm-hmm. to say everything happens for a reason and to say, okay, I'm not just going to use this as, as uh, something that shuts me down, but actually something that lifts me up. Where do you think you got that? I'm an optimist mm-hmm. by nature, um, but I'm also a Buddhist. I'm practic- I've been a practicing Buddhist for many years, close to 20 now. So there is no doubt that that practice and that faith had gotten me through a lot of difficulties in my life, and certainly that, that hurdle. And I think it was that faith, that knowing to allow and to go in with positivity, that something incredible would come out of it. There is no doubt that that's what got me through. That and my optimism, and obviously an incredible support system of friends mm-hmm. and family, But I think it was that sense of faith of knowing there's something bigger out there that allowed this to to have that self-reflection in a very short period of time. Mm -hmm. And people always say, you know, you have a bad day and you cycle through it so quickly. It's that practice that helps me do it. Mm -hmm. So by the time I got to the doctor's office, I was like, let's go. And he's bring it. Yeah, he's he's a little confused. This is not what I expected to be walking into the office. I said, no, this is going to be okay. I said, well, what is it though? He said, I don't know, but it doesn't look like cancer. And it was not. He said, but it looks pretty serious. You need to go see some really heavy hitters. So I consulted with people at Duke, Johns Hopkins, Sloan Kettering, 
the NIH, and my doctor said, we don't know what this is, it doesn't look like cancer, but you need to get your affairs in order. You could have as little as six months to live. And I would say, thank you so much for that diagnosis. I don't think so. And I would go and look it for another one. And in between my first two doctors, I met with my neuroendocrinologist. And I said, how is this happening? Nobody in my family has anything like this. And he said, we're seeing more and more of these things tied to the environment. I said, doc, I've got a very large greenhouse in my backyard that I'm eating organic out of. What are you talking about? He said, yeah, that could be environment. But what do you put on your skin? That was my aha. That was my awakening. That was it. In that moment, that what is my purpose became crystal clear. And I realized that, you know, the universe was sending me all these incredible signs, you know, greenhouse, mm -hmm. starting a children's line, you know, a baby mm -hmm. line of products. That wasn't it. This was it. And I knew that it's largely unregulated industry. The laws hasn't fundamentally changed since 1938. Especially here in the U.S. Oh, the U.S. is the worst. We're terrible. Which is incredible because we have so many resources available to us, but yet the changes happen. I mean, and yes, there are more laws being introduced now in terms of personal care, but we have so far to go to even catch up with the EU. Mm -hmm. And I said, nobody should be saying goodbye to their children like this. I am going to start a line that is clean, that is effective and safe. I wanted to look really beautiful mm -hmm. because again, 2008, 2009, things don't look beautiful <laughs> on a shelf. And more importantly, I really wanted to create a platform for change. I wanted to educate and empower people to live their healthiest life. And I walked out and my best friend was sitting in the, uh, the waiting room. She was like, you're in a good mood. I'm like, I know what we're gonna do. I know the purpose. I'm gonna create a skincare line. It's going to be clean. It's going to be effective. It's going to look beautiful. I'm going to educate. She's like, what happened in that doctor's appointment? <laughs> and here we are. When you're given six months to live, you have a choice of how you're going to live it. Mm -hmm. Again, going back to that Buddhist principle, I was going to live every moment to the fullest, and I was going to embrace everything. And I was going to really be positive. Because you, I do know you live in choice. So mm -hmm. my choice was to choose joy at every possible moment and look at it with an opportunity. And so when my kids were at school, I read everything I could on the beauty industry, on skincare, on DIY products, everything. I spoke with aromatherapists, homeopathic doctors, naturopathic, I mean, you name it, I spoke with them. I started concocting. Mm -hmm. And I found a doctor, fortunately for me, who also said, I'll give you a shot at surgery. So he said, okay, I don't know what this is again, but let's do it. Let's do it on April 22nd. So for any of the listeners, April 22nd is Earth Day. It is. So universe sends you a sign. I said, that's a good sign. And so but he said, we'll do it. And I said, okay, let's go. And he said, well, you have less than a 50% chance of waking up. I said, that is fantastic because <laughs> I don't have any if we don't do it. And I was already yeah. starting to slow down. So April 22nd, I walked in and said, today is a great day to live. Let's put on some kick tush music and get going. Of course, the anesthesiologist thought I was nuts and asked if I had been taking <laughs> drugs or drinking because I was way too happy. Uh, and many hours, many, many hours later when I woke up. Now, when I went to sleep, I wasn't able to see really out of my left eye at mm -hmm. that point. And when I woke up, I was able to see completely. And my first words out of my mouth were, oh my gosh, I can see. And the nurse is like, you're awake. I go, good sign, but I wasn't able to see. 
And they got the entire surgical team in, and the doctor took my hand and said, we got everything, welcome to the rest of your life. God, it's been the most incredible journey since that point. One, I, I don't think I could have ever played this out in my mind. But a lot of people would not have reacted the way that you did. I think that that, that speaks to such a resilience of spirit to be Thank able you. to go into that and say, look, we're going to do this. I'm going to do this with the health. I'm going to do this with uh, your new passion project. Mm -hmm. um, so from there, I mean, what what did you do from there, right? You have this new, new lease on life. Mm -hmm. You, you are, are more grounded now in your beliefs that got you through. What happened next? Again, embracing my woo-woo side, yeah. right? It was full on. I mean, even before surgery, I had a website ready to go. Mm -hmm. I had a couple of products ready to go. And I remember waking up from surgery and a few hours in recovery and whatnot. And I call the gentleman who um, was helping me with the website. I'm like, we're going to turn it on in a month. Let's go. And he's like, did you just wake up from brain surgery? I'm like, I am so ready. Literally hitting the ground running. Literally. And that's what I did. I literally hit the ground running. I think it was my ignorance. Mm -hmm. I mean, they say ignorance is bliss. I think it was that not knowing mm -hmm. and truly not understanding what I was getting myself into that gave me the courage to do it. Mm -hmm. But don't forget, I also in my mind knew I was living for a reason. Mm -hmm. And so when you have that in your mind and you know there's a purpose mm -hmm. and you're living every day with purpose, you're almost myopic. Yeah. It's like you're going. And I bet also having lived through what you lived through, it puts the idea of failure in a different perspective. Yes, absolutely. I, you know, I used to say failure is not an option. And for me, not creating this was never an option. But I really am starting to think that it's not, you're going to fail things, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm that's not a problem. It's fail quick, you know, mm -hmm. let's go and then move on to the next thing. What I realized is it wasn't that they were failures. They were just lessons. Mm -hmm. So, okay, this didn't go right. Great. Let's change course. Let's go here. Okay. This happened. Okay, great. Let's choose this now. I, because I was given this opportunity at us at life, mm -hmm. you can't help but look at things differently. I mean, even when I have a bad day, I have to reflect on the fact that I get to have a bad yes. day. The opposite was I wasn't going to be here. Yeah. I wasn't going to see my daughter turn 16. I wasn't going to you know, take my son to college. That wasn't even in the realm of possibilities. Mm -hmm. So if something goes wrong, no one's dying. I'm still here. I'm creating change. I'm connecting with people. You know, for me, the skincare is obviously the line is so important and mm -hmm. fundamental, but this connection with our community and creating this community, mm -hmm. that is what keeps me fired on mm -hmm. all cylinders every day. I mean, social media is such a gift because I get to communicate with people from around the world of how we're changing their life because they're feeling more positive about how they mm -hmm. look. They don't have to wear a foundation or mm -hmm. they feel comfortable in their own skin or it's, hey, I'm going through this very difficult process and I heard your story and your optimism mm -hmm. is what is keeping me grounded right now. I mean, does, does it, I don't think it gets better than it that. I don't think it does. No, I think that's really all part of the story. It's not just about the skin care. It is about this journey of life and embracing it and living in joy at every possible moment. Let's take a quick break from my chat with clean skincare maven Indy Lee. We're about to dig into how she built her company, and then we're going to get real specific about some of our favorite Indie Lee products. And I want you to know that I've made it super easy to find them. With every new episode, I'll be curating a list of my guests and my favorite products for the special Finding Inspo store on bearshop.com. 
We'll include items from our conversation and a few others that are inspiring us lately. And next to each product, we'll tell you why we're into it. You can find it at veroshop.com slash inspo, and I'll also link it in the show notes. And just for finding inspo listeners, new Veroshop customers can take 20% off their first purchase with the code INSPOINDIE. That's one word, I-N-S-P-O-I-N-D-I-E. You're not going to want to miss the rest of our chat because we are talking business. We'll dive into how Indy went from concocting lotions and potions in her kitchen to where the company is now. We'll give some advice on keeping your sanity during that controlled chaos of starting a business and give some tips on where to start making your beauty routine a bit cleaner. You, you hit the ground running, you're, you're dialed in, website's going, you're starting to formulate. Take us back to, what was it now, probably 2009, yep. when you really started to dig in? Yep. So April 22nd, 2009 is when I had surgery. Mm-hmm. I had had like a, like some of the products from my mm-hmm. sister's baby little collection, <laughs> right? So I had some of those. And I was starting to bring more products out that I was conco- literally concocting in my kitchen. Mm-hmm. And then I realized this isn't the way to do it. And I was thinking of coming out with a hairline. I was working with someone. I said, okay, this is going to work with you. He introduced me to a formulator down in Florida who I still to this day use and work with. And that relationship with that formulator has helped me to create products that I could never Mm -hmm. create in my kitchen. And it just really started to grow from there. And, you know, I said we were going to be Mm eco-chic. When we started, we were very eco-eco. You know, I had no money. I started this line by selling all my jewelry outside of maybe three pieces. I realized I was dying. I couldn't take it with me. Mm -hmm. Things don't matter. It's people and emotions that matter. And so I sold my jewelry and started. And then it got a little bit bigger because I didn't have that much jewelry. (laughs) And then I cashed in my 401k from HBO. And then we started to grow. And everything that was made... And we made him money, went right back into the company. And then I was really lucky because other people were starting to come on board to help. And they were, you know, friends and family. Mm-hmm. Um, so we started to bring in that as well to help grow us. Uh, I mean, I couldn't get, I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for the help of friends and family mm-hmm. who helped to support us when, you know, my, my 401k <laughs> was not enough. We actually were able to keep going with that small amount of money for about seven years because every dollar that came in we went right back into the company and what I realized is so we said we were eco chic we were eco eco we were in brown bottles we very granola very granola still (laughs) and yet the you know we were working with a PR company and they're like you say you're eco chic but you're really still eco and I said yeah we're what we say we are and what is communicated on the packaging aren't matching and yet we were doing really we did trunk shows at Henry Bendel, mm-hmm. and they were like, oh my gosh, you're doing fantastic. But the look isn't something we would carry on our mm-hmm. shelf. And so my designer and I started to talk, and my designer's still with me today. Mm-hmm. And he said, okay, we need to rebrand and really take a look at who you are. And we relaunched, I think it was 2013, 2014, April 22nd mm-hmm. again, on shelf at Henry Bendel. Mm-hmm. Completely different look, very similar to what we look like now. And that's when things started to change. Because what we said we were matched what we looked like on shelf and it was beautiful and it was different and it was clean and it made sense and now we were starting to get press Mm -hmm. and now retailers were coming to us Mm -hmm. and with that change 
the business trajectory changed. And the trajectory of, of clean beauty in general also changed over that 100%. time. I guess, how did that, how did you see that align or, or where do you think you fell into that kind of uh, change in the industry? Yeah, I mean, there, there was a group of us who were, who were pretty much starting all, I mean, House, Dr. Hauschka was around for a while. And certainly mm-hmm. products from Europe had been cleaner. Mm-hmm. But you were starting to see the momentum growing. And more and more people were coming on the scene because we were starting to have the dialogue. Mm-hmm. You're starting to hear rumblings of what you're putting on your skin could be absorbed. Mm-hmm. People are now talking about it. Mm-hmm. Studies are now proving there's a link. And people are realizing that what's created in Europe is very different than what's created mm-hmm. here. And now the industry is starting to grow. So we all kind of get to rise with that tide. It's incredible to see and be a part of it. And why do you think you had the very unfortunate situation where you were kind of smacked in the face with this idea of environmental uh, toxins mm-hmm. affecting your body? Not everyone goes through that. Mm-hmm. Yet people are now more aware and shifting more toward um, you know being very conscientious about what they're putting on their body or at least starting to integrate mm-hmm. things into their daily routine. Why do you think uh, there's this more consumer shift right now? I mean, we're starting with clean. That's that would have seemed seemed really risky to start a new beauty category at a new e-commerce site in clean. But mm-hmm. we feel that it's not just a trend. We think it's actually a movement, and that it's here to stay. Why do you think we've seen now this this monumental shift over the past few years? I, I first of all, I completely agree. I have, I love to say it is not a trend. Mm-hmm. It is here to stay. I know anybody in this movement agrees with you but our goal is for it to just be beauty mm-hmm. where you don't even have to have the word clean in front mm-hmm. of it that's that's what success looks like mm-hmm. that that's the norm i think the reason why is because brands like myself brands like tata harper brands like rosemary from rms you've got these people who well people you know people who started in this we're talking about it beauty counter mm-hmm. You're starting to hear it. People are starting to take the time to talk about it on broadcast. Mm -hmm. People are talking about it in the news. These lawsuits, these things are coming to light in mainstream media. So you can't help but to notice it. The other part is technology has changed. Ingredient technology has Mm -hmm. changed. You no longer need to sacrifice the efficacy for that clean beauty. So at one point, people are like, oh, it's lovely, but does it really work? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. It is just as good, if not better, than conventional. So there is no sacrifice. So I think people are willing to embrace it. It looks mainstream. And you've got retailers. You've got, first of all, you've got dedicated retailers to the clean beauty, right? Brick and mortar. But you've also got other, I would say, mainstream retailers that are embracing this movement and bringing it forth and talking about why it's important too. Mm -hmm. So you've got this perfect storm going on that it just is easy. Social media, I think, mm-hmm. really has played a, a tremendous part of that because you can't help but be on and people talking about it in your feed. And it's not just one post anymore. It's five, six, seven, eight, nine posts, you know, in your 20 posts, you know, feed. That groundswell is now here. So what do you say to folks who want to be more clean in their day-to-day routine and they don't really know where to get started? What would your suggestion be? I don't say that you have to be like me, who basically mm-hmm. went home and opened her drawer. And I, I, you know I'm from Long Island when I say drawer. <laughs> drawer? I can't say it. Opens it up and throws everything out. All the samples mm-hmm. that I had that I've been saving for no reason. Mm-hmm. Like, I was a lotions and potions mm-hmm. junkie. That gets very expensive. 
and you also might have a reaction to something. Even though it's clean, you could have a reaction. If you are allergic to mangoes and mm -hmm. something has mango in it, that doesn't mean you couldn't have a reaction. So what happens is people buy everything new, they might have a reaction to something, they don't know what product it is, and like, oh, clean, doesn't work. I suggest that when you start to run out of a product, that's when you start doing your due diligence and your research and then replace it with a clean one. And start figuring out what brands you like, mm -hmm. etc. And then when the next one, you start working on that. Mm -hmm. And so before you know it, within a course of, you know, three to six months, you've changed over the majority yeah. of your routine just by virtue of you running out of things. And if you still have something in your drawer for three years, you probably didn't love it that much because you haven't used it up. Yep. So is there something in your assortment that you say would be a good jumping off point? Yeah, yeah. I mean, again, it goes to what are you running out of, yeah. but obviously we're known for our cleansers. Yeah. I mean, it's a great entree where people say, oh my gosh, it removes your makeup, it cleans your face, it's not stripping. I'm obsessed with the rosehip cleanser. That's my go-to. There you go. And people are, and the scents, yeah. they're non-synthetic, mm -hmm. right? So you've got these beautiful scents that are clean that people, oh my gosh, have, can have this reaction to and say, oh my gosh, this is mine. Mm -hmm. And they're having beautiful results. Their skin is clearer. You know, it seems like you all have a lot of thoughtfulness in, ing in ingredients and you have a lot of really unique ingredients mm -hmm. that, that are efficacious. Can you kind of talk through how you get to a, a squalane oil mm -hmm. or, um, you know, some of the stuff that's in your yeah. CoQ10 toner? Because yeah. they are seemingly unique and, and other folks are jumping on, on the bandwagon uh -huh. too. But how do you kind of find these new yeah, yeah. ingredients? Yeah, and so the cleansers are fantastic. Yeah. If you're running a moisturizer, squalane oil, mm -hmm. one ingredient so easy to make that switch and our body produces it in abundance mm -hmm. naturally until your mid-20s. So I think people are now realizing what a great ingredient. It's got so many benefits. Why not start to bring it into our skincare? I know I'm known as the squalling queen. <laughs> so I, I know. I use it. I know. Every, I was like, you're known for this ingredient. And I didn't invent it. Mm -hmm. It was sort of like I was looking at creating a product for my face a moisturizer and I started to do some research and I said well our body produces it mm -hmm. why and you can get it from a plant source olives and sugar why wouldn't we just use that mm -hmm. if it helps regulate oil production it you know it absorbs super fast so, you know fantastic for texture and tone it's done wonders for me with my hyperpigmentation mm -hmm. like why wouldn't people use this I'm realizing that you can yeah. source it ethically and you can source it botanically mm -hmm. so Right, that's and and for day-to-day -day life, it wears so well under makeup, even yes. if you're layering, which sometimes face oils don't layer well. Mm -hmm. And this really absorbs really quickly, and, and I mostly use it like on the cheekbones, forehead, nose, chin, mm -hmm. where I need a little extra glow. Yep. And it lays really well, it's too, which, again, beautiful. doesn't always happen. And that's because of the type of... Well, first of all, it's the, it's the properties of squalane. Mm -hmm. We're also using high-grade mm -hmm. ingredients. Yeah. So I think that's also coupled with it. It's just a phenomenal ingredient to use. And again, that's why people are, are creating lines based on it and bringing it more into products. And then, you know, the toner, which I've had for years, was I didn't want to use a toner because I felt that they were going to be stripping. Yeah. I would come back from the, you know, the astringent days when it was literally a toner was meant <laughs> to strip. Yeah, it was supposed to dry you out so you didn't have any oil. And then when what happened, you went to an oil production factory mm -hmm. and started overproducing. I said, okay... Actually, toners have a purpose. Mm -hmm. I want to do what that does, but I want to do it in a different way. So then we decided, okay, well, CoQ10, mother of antioxidants, mm -hmm. why don't we use that? 
right? Environmental stressors are such an important part of our mm-hmm. skincare and what the, the role they're playing on us. Why wouldn't we have used CoQ10, right? Then I'm like, well, hyaluronic acid, again, worried about the perception that toners were stripping, binding a thousand times mm-hmm. its weight, you know, moisture to your skin. So super hydrating. So it was those things to say, okay, what do we want the toner to do and how can we make it the anti of what everybody else mm-hmm. thought it was? And then people fell in love with it. And now people use it, you know, after they go to the gym, they don't wash their face, they don't take a shower. Use the toner as a toner. Tone and go. Oh, I love that. Tone and go. All right. So it was those. But then now you've got these ingredient technologies yeah. that you can do. So we're able to use, oh my gosh, our eye serum, mm-hmm. the eye waken, a phenomenal product. We're able to use like mountain ash butter, arnica, spirulina, mm-hmm. uh, you know, those properties which are going to help with reducing puffiness, dark circles, and fine lines. You know, you've got sodium hyaluronate. Smallest first, you mm-hmm. know, molecule. So really bringing that moisture deep to your skin. Those are things that we're able to formulate now with. Our peel pads, which I am obsessed with. Again, you're getting your glycolic yep. from um, caviar lime. Yep. And you've gotten your salicylic and the gentle daily peel from wintergreen. It's using those ingredients but sourcing them from what Mother Nature provides mm-hmm. us with. And now we're able to do it. And you're not sacrificing the efficacy. It's just, it's incredible. I'm so lucky these days. I'm not making anything in my kitchen. <laughs> I have it for many, 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 many years. But we're able to work with some of the world's leading scientists mm-hmm. and chemists to create these unique formulations. So then where are you looking to kind of help find inspiration? Where are you looking to um, hit that creative spark now as you're looking for these ingredients that you are using in different ways? The world outside. Seriously, as we like to say, we have you know our creed, which... I tell everybody to take a look at on our site, but like of what we believe, but mm-hmm. really from the oceans, the mountains, you know, our fields, and then speaking with other chemists who are looking and seeing what's on the forefront. I mean, mm-hmm. certainly we want things that are tried and true, of course, and we know are going to work, and we know we're safe. Uh, safety is of of course paramount, but how can we use these ingredients differently? What's coming out now? What new delivery systems can we now, mm-hmm. you know, encapsulations and whatnot? And we're able to work with these leading scientists to come up with these really cool formulations as a result. But the the inspiration comes from Mother Nature, and it also comes from our community. What are they clamoring for and asking for that they can't find somewhere else or they want us to create? Mm -hmm. I mean, I read all the posts. (laughs) I know. It's terrible. But I really do. I read them all. Uh And so really that information or you know called crowdsourcing of information yeah. to really inspire us on what's next also looking at what's possible mm-hmm. what's what's on trend for us it's not always going to be about what's happening in trend i want to say well what's beyond that yeah what's that blue sky new mm-hmm. product and then saying where is society and how can we help play a role in their wellness and that's i think what you're going to start seeing coming out because i'm truly inspired by creating more of a conversation about what wellness looks to each person and Mm -hmm. it looks very different to everybody there has been kind of a shift with clean beauty in a positive way that I think before it was either granola or everything's a spa day like Mm -hmm. I think this idea of it being part of your daily routine is really important and has been very important for the industry because Mm -hmm. it's not just that it's a one-time thing or it's when you go to the nice spa you get your clean stuff it's that you can integrate it into your day-to-day yeah that guilty pleasure right and we shouldn't have to wait for something like Mm -hmm. that to take care of ourselves our greatest responsibility 
is to take care of mm-hmm. ourselves. As a society that is primarily caretakers, mm-hmm. how can we take care of others if we're not doing for ourselves first? It's not a selfish act mm-hmm. at all. It's self-care act. Yeah. You are preserving your health, mind, body, and soul, so that you can continue to be productive. Whatever that looks like, whether it's as a mom, as a caretaker of a, of a parent, or a loved one, or what, or a fur pup, you know, like, you know, your fur babies, or running a company, or doing all of those things. How are you finding balance? For me, it's not a 50-50. Mm-hmm. It's knowing that sometimes it's going to be 80% mm-hmm. this and 20% that. It still balances out to 100 mm-hmm. <laughs> all times. I can never, I'm never going to be 50% mom, mm-hmm. 50%, you know, founder. It just doesn't work like that. But being honest with myself about mm-hmm. it, but also taking time to take care of myself 15 yeah. minutes a day, 20 minutes, 40 yeah. minutes a day. Absolutely. I'm way more productive than if I'm just trying to be on that, you know, the, the wheel. For you, what does self-care look like? Self-care for me has always been um, really taking time for myself. Yeah. So I meditate uh, twice a day. 20 minutes in the morning, 20 minutes at night, I do transcendental meditation. Mm-hmm. But I think any type of meditation, if it works for people. But meditation looks very different for everyone, too. Taking a walk outside can be a form of meditation. Mm-hmm. I love to hike. So taking a long walk with my dogs or my friends mm-hmm. really is something that is self-care for me. I do spa day Sundays. Mm-hmm. Even when I'm on the road, I clean my makeup brushes every week, and I do a mask. And if I have time, I'm going to take a bath. Mm-hmm. But just taking that time for myself... Sometimes self-care is on the television, you know, on the sofa with a glass of wine, flipping through Netflix. My favorite kind of self-care. Right, but that's, <laughs> but you know what? That's still self-care. Yeah, yeah. It's taking care of oneself, and that's very different. To, some people, that's training for a marathon. Yeah. It's not for me to say what's best for everybody, but let's have the conversation that it's okay mm-hmm. to do these things for yourself. Self-care is having my colored pencils, for goodness <laughs> sake, like writing in different colors. That's what's inspiring. That's what's keeping me balanced, mind, body, and soul. I love, I do what I call my alone dinners. Once a week, I'll go to a restaurant, sit at the bar, get a nice glass of wine, order food, turn my phone off, not talk to anyone, and just disconnect for a minute. I'm a foodie. It's great, but it is, for me, it's that moment of like disconnection, uh, disconnecting and kind of grounding myself Mm -hmm. in something that's not the uh, dynamism of the day-to-day. Absolutely. I also want to touch on, you just mm-hmm. had your 10-year anniversary um, of getting to jump back into life with mm-hmm. the whole new lease. What's next for Indie the company, 10 years in? I think it goes right to that wellness conversation. Yeah. It is definitely going to be more wellness in terms of products you're going to start seeing this year. Mm-hmm. Doing a lot more public speaking and personal appearances to have that connection. Mm-hmm. Just even if I meet, do meetups where we're going for a yeah. hike. And that's a great way for us to see where is the brand going. Mm-hmm. Let's talk to the people who are so invested in the brand. Mm-hmm. What are they looking for? Now we have the tools to be able to mm-hmm. do it differently. You know, you can have a conversation online, literally face-to-face. Yeah. Like, we just did a live, and I realized if I hit that button, the person is now in my live feed. Uh-huh. For, <laughs> and we're actually have, able to have this conversation with other people interacting and asking questions and hearing what they want. And hearing their suggestions and then doing it. Mm-hmm. It's one thing to, to hear it, but are you listening? Mm-hmm. If there are folks who are facing something that has left them shook, that has left them really thrown off their game, what suggestions would you have for them? Get a support system in mm-hmm. place. I think that's probably key. You mm-hmm. know, Whether that looks like a therapist for some, a priest for others, mm-hmm. 
or just your best friend. Mm -hmm. I think when you go through that, having that true support system is very, is going to be very Mm -hmm. important. And then I'd also remind people and everybody cycles through things differently. And I don't think there's a wrong or right. So I just want to go out there and say that, but I do challenge people to think that you have the opportunity to choose joy, even in the face of adversity. And if you can just choose that joy and find that space for five minutes, Mm -hmm. you can see so much clearer. At least that's what I found and the people that I've spoken to who now have done that Mm -hmm. and people who have always been like that and are able to cycle through things. But I never want to sit here and say that that I know the answers Mm -hmm. to everything. I stand judge and jury or anything like that. That's not who I am. But I can speak from my personal experience and my personal experiences it's way more fun to choose joy. <laughs> this I can agree with. I want to inspire people to live their best mm-hmm. life. That's what I want. Yeah. Because we have the ability to do it. Now, I know people who will, no matter what you say, they're going to say life sucks. And <laughs> that's, you know what, for them, that's that's their comfort zone. Yeah. I'm just saying, you know what, you could look at it a different way. Again, I'm not saying you're not going to have a bad day. I have them. But again, I'm grateful for them. Isn't she fabulous? I have so much respect for Indie Lee and I love what she's created. I literally use the Rosehip Cleanser, the Squalane Facial Oil, and the Awaken Eye Serum every day. You can find them all in the Finding Inspo store in Verishop at verishop.com slash inspo. And remember, first-time customers get 20% off their first purchase with the code INSPOINDIE. If you enjoyed this episode, it would mean the world to me if you would rate and review the podcast. It helps other people find the show, and that is so helpful, especially now when we're brand new. I would love to hear your favorite takeaways from my conversation with Indy, so please leave it in your review of this podcast or hit me up on social at Alex Barinka or at Inspo Podcast. And next episode, I'll share back to you where you are finding Inspo. See you soon.